So today we're going to look in the book of Proverbs, and uh, I'm going to start reading in, the, everybody turn to Proverbs and chapter 10, and my first verse is in chapter 10, verse 11. So thank you very much for turning there to Proverbs chapter 10, and today I want to introduce to you something that you don't like. Because how many of you have gotten a device or a product and it is shipped into you or you go to a store and you get it and the first thing you do is sit down and read the instruction manual. Raise your hand if you're honest. Be honest. First thing you do is read the instruction manual. You're a very wise person if you do. Now, how many of you more likely than not just get start using it? Yeah, I think that's probably the way we are. So today I have been, I'm going to read an excerpt from an instruction manual for an instrument that is remarkably engineered and very sophisticated. It's a highly detailed and effective communication instrument. It was not made by human hands. It was not designed by human beings, but its engineering is flawless and it's a masterpiece of communication. And this instrument, of course, is your mouth and your tongue, all that works together. And it really is a whole operation, how it works together. But the, but the thing is, we just don't use it very well. <laughs> and we really need to read the manual. And, and I started reading one verse out of this Proverbs, and it started le leading to another and another and another. So what I did is I arranged these in order for the few or four chapters that we're going to look at, we're going to skip through in order and see what the manual says, how we should be living using our mouth or our tongue. So let's start in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11. The very first thing we look at today in the manual, which is God's word, it says, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. So the very first thing is a very positive thing. That if you you in your life, if you're living right with God, if you have true faith in Jesus Christ, and if your uh, life is so filled with God's spirit that you are doing what God wants you to do, the Bible says that your mouth is a well of life. That's a very positive thing. And how many of us though can confess that everything spewing out of our mouth is a well of life. We should be highly positive people because we have life in us. We're gonna live forever. We don't need to be down and depressed because everything that's going on in this world, this, we're only here for a brief period of time anyway. We're gonna be in eternity far longer than we are here. So God has a plan for us and it should be the operation of our mouths and our communication with people should be pointing to life, a well of life. They shouldn't hear poison from our lips. They should not be hearing things that are false and, and evil and our complaints, which are really easy to demonstrate to people. It's easy. Complaining is easy. But having a well of life, that's coming out of our mouth, that's what God wants us to do. And we will not be fully understood as righteous people until our speech is actually showing the life that's in us. 
We want people to go to the well of God himself. And there should be a well of water spilling out of us and springing out of us, leading to eternal life, not just for ourselves, but for everybody. So really start thinking about, is my mouth, is, are the words that I say pointing people in a positive direction toward God? And if they are, that's a sign of God's righteousness is within you. Now let's go to the next verse that we're going to look at, same chapter. Skip down to verse 14. Wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. So the book of Proverbs talks about wise people and foolish people. And guess what? It's very much revealed in how they talk. So a wise person stores up knowledge. That means they don't say everything they know. They keep back some things because you don't want to become a know-it-all because the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. So it's very important never to be a know-it-all. And a wise person, when they learn something, store it away because you might need it someday. But don't just say everything that comes to your mind. But notice that the foolish person, he is a person or she who is near destruction because their words are tripping themselves up and it can be something that will harm them. I don't know what it is, but there's something about the power of our words that when we verbalize it, it hurts us if we say the wrong thing. Uh, how many times have you caught yourself saying, I have got everything just the way I want it? <laughs> and you verbalize it and then something goes wrong. When you, I mean, you really, when you verbalize things, there's some power in it, and I don't know what it is, it's mysterious, but it seems that when you say foolish things, it, it haunts you, and it comes back to bite you. But when you hold back and store up knowledge and just keep your mouth shut, you miss out on some grief that you could have gotten. So it's very good to store up things, but don't just say everything that comes to mind. The instruction manual continues in verses 19 through 21 in this chapter 10 of Proverbs. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. In the multitude of words. In other words, we just talk, 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 and we never stop talking. We end up not being wise. In fact, sin is usually presence. I see this when I teach school, you know, when I, I suspect that a child, believe it or not, children do wrong things, they do. Uh, they actually cheat and uh, lie and steal. They do all these things. I found this out. So uh, one of the surefire ways that I know that they're lying is when they talk too much, you know. <laughs> I really, really, I, I really, 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 really didn't do this. I, I, I can tell you, I honestly, really, truly, with all my heart, you know, when they start really adding these words, you know they're not telling the truth. Usually, if you're telling the truth, they look in your eye and they say, I didn't do it. I'd usually believe them. I mean, they look at me and I say, I didn't do that. They don't, they don't add. They don't go and put all these words there. So in the multitude of words, sin is present. <laughs> it's when you over-talk something. You over-talk it. You, you're, you're protesting too much, and that's usually a sign that you're guilty because a truly innocent person doesn't need to argue too much. You just need to state what you did. And like Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no, no. 
He also says here, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Very good to keep your mouth closed and not say everything that comes to mind. And you can imagine sometimes you feel like saying some things that are not quite appropriate. So verse number 20, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. So when you are living a righteous life, you're doing what's right, you're thinking what's right, you're believing what's right, the Bible says that your tongue, what you say, is like choice silver, which, of course, if something is fine silver, it's worth not just money, but it looks good, and it's polished, and it's clean, and that's what your words are when you choose to live in the right way. God wants you to live in a way so that when you speak, People say, man, that was a really wise word. That, I really, that sticks with me. And you bless somebody's heart when you say wise and godly things. But the heart of the wicked is worth little. And that's just, it's basically not worth anything except to avoid it. That's about the only thing it's good for is, to, is an example of what you want to avoid. Verse 21, the lips of the righteous feed many but fools die for lack of wisdom. So even when you speak well as a righteous person, you speak and do the right thing, you're actually feeding people with your words. You're teaching them the word of God maybe, or you're teaching them and pointing them to Jesus, or you're giving them advice that saves them, saves them from having to go down a path of destruction. I, I tell you what, I, I ask for advice a lot. I have called upon many of you. I call upon my father-in-law. I used to call my dad. I call people all the time. I say, how do you do this? And, and when I know I can trust them and they're going to tell me the truth, I know that I benefit from them and I get what I need out of their words. So be that person so that you literally are feeding many people. You're nourishing people with your words. And again, if all that's coming out of our mouths is complaint, bitterness, and all forms of poison, that is not gonna help people. But God wants us, especially with those closest to us. Miss Vicki and I, we live in the same house. She does not hopefully record everything I say. <laughs> but when I say something that I shouldn't say, I try quickly to say, you know, I, I shouldn't have said that, and I ask her forgiveness. And so should all of us, because we should say the right things, especially with those who are closest to us. So make sure we don't act like the fool who dies for lack of wisdom, because it, it eventually catches up to them. They have no wisdom at all. So Proverbs 10 continues to the end of that chapter, verses 31 and 32. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. Wisdom is not the same as knowledge. You know, wisdom, knowledge is good, but wisdom is better. Wisdom is a path of choice that you make based upon knowledge. So when you have wisdom, it is an advice, a pathway you take because you know something. So when you have this knowledge and the wisdom of what choice to make, the Bible says that the mouth of the righteous person will bring forth that wisdom to other people but the perverse tongue will be cut out. Perverse tongue just means a person who's got a crooked tongue that's not saying the truth and saying a bunch of lies. 
Verse 32, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. I was listening to a show after the game yesterday that I watched, and there were people cussing on it. It was awful. And, and I mean, literally, uh, the standards have gone down in our country a lot. And people do cuss. I realize that. People say bad words. It's humanity. We, we're going to say bad things we shouldn't say. But the thing is, we should learn what is acceptable and what isn't. Because if all language is acceptable, if we can just say whatever we feel like it, and there's no good word or bad word, then there's no words that mean anything at all. In fact, there are many words that truly do hurt people and hurt you. And we need to be careful what we say. And especially when we speak words that are not acceptable to God. And if Jesus doesn't accept it, if you wouldn't do it in front of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, why should you do it in front of other people? So the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse? Because that's all they can do. I, I, I see people who, when they, they disagree with you, the only thing they can do is cuss. That's it. They can just say bad words. They don't have any thinking going on, and they especially will never consider they could be wrong. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I, I often tell my kids I stand corrected if they tell me at, at, at school that I did something wrong. If I'm sitting down, I say I'm, I, I sit corrected. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If they correct me, I get correction all the time. I'm not afraid of a 13-year-old correcting me because I want to be corrected because I don't want to be wrong in something, and that's the way you should be. But some people are so defensive that they got to say something negative the very first time somebody says something that they disagree with you on. So be willing to be corrected, but the, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. So let's move on to chapter 12 of Proverbs. Now, again, I am no way even going to scratch the surface of the instruction manual today. We're just seeing one little section, small little sliver, but we're going to look in chapter 12, verse 14. It says, a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. Now, this is going to be spoken about a little bit later in chapter 18, but he says, a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. You know, most of the time we think about life, about what we say, and we think of things that are going out. But here he says, you will be personally satisfied if you say the right thing. And when you say the right thing, just, just weigh that with saying the wrong thing. How many of you have ever said the wrong thing? That doesn't feel good at all, does it? That really ruins a lot of, of relationships. It hurts your day badly when you say the wrong thing. So God says that a man will, promises here, be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. So maybe one of the reasons why we're not getting good is because the fruit of our mouth is filth. Literally, we're not doing what we need to do. God wants us to have a good mouth and saying the root, uh, our fruit of our mouth should be good. Now, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. So it's, you know, if you work hard, don't you think you deserve to get paid? You should. But how many of you have ever worked hard and, and you feel like you're not getting ahead? 
You're not getting ahead. And you think, I should be getting ahead. And that's kind of biblical because it says the fruit of your labor, you, you're, you're, a man's worthy of the, the fruit of his labor. And there's a reason why you should want to gain through labor. Well, the Bible says maybe one of the reasons why we don't gain as much is that we don't have our mouths operating the way the manual says. Now, I've read many manuals, uh, usually by necessity, because I messed up something. So I go back and read these manuals. They get, they get complex. I can't explain the engineering. I can't explain how what you say has something to do with why you're not getting rewards for what you're doing with your hands, but I can tell you it doesn't really matter. The engineer has said it this way, and it's pretty high math, okay? It's, it's high and technical. I don't know, but the engineer tells me that your, your labor and the fruit of your labor is somehow affected by how you speak and how you say things. It's very, very valuable lesson to learn. So that's in 12, verse 14. Now let's move on, verse 17. And we'll read several verses here because they all work together. He who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness, deceit. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims foolishness. So you see in this chapter here, the Bible here, shows how horrible it is to lie about people and to say things that are absolutely foolish. I heard a story about uh, a woman. It's, uh, I don't know if it's true. I just heard the story. I read it. But I think it is very fitting. There, I think it was a, a preacher was in a church, and the woman was so convicted about the fact that she was gossiping and saying about a lot of bad things that weren't true that she, she said to him, I, I come to you. She got down to the front of the church. She says, I want to lay my tongue on the altar. And the preacher, who had a sense of humor, said, the altar's not long enough. <laughs> you, I don't think I'd be saying that, but I, that's, what it, that's what the story said. How long would the altar have to be <laughs> to, to lay your, your, all the things you said wrong? In the past, I hope it wouldn't be long, but it probably is for most of us. God sees lying lips as an abomination. And you have people who will say all sins are equal. Well, that's, that's just ridiculous. There's no such thing in the Bible. There are degrees of sin all over the place. There are abominations and then there are regular sins. It doesn't matter. None of them are good. But literally, an abomination is something that's specially wrong. It's specially impactful neg negatively on people's lives. And we should never be saying things falsely against our neighbor. It's the ninth commandment forbids the bearing of false witness against our neighbor. So the Bible gives us that lesson here that we ought to trust in the Lord because if we have a, a wise tongue in verse 18, it promotes health. 
uh, in verse 19, the truthful lip shall be established forever. That's, that's very good. That's, even Jesus said, we should, or Paul said, we should confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. There's nothing more truthful than that, than that. And you'll be established forever. The scripture says the counselors of peace have joy. That means you speak words, not stirring up trouble, but words to try to bring people together. That will bring you joy. And the scripture says no grave trouble will overtake the righteous. Now you say, well, Brother Keith, does that mean I won't get cancer? I won't get some disease or have a wreck or whatever? I said, no, it doesn't mean any of those things. But (laughs) the way that verse, and I think it makes perfect sense to me, is that it doesn't matter what that is that you face, it is no grave trouble to God, and it's certainly no grave trouble to you if God's with you. You can get through anything. There are people who have survived calamities you could not even appreciate. There are people who have survived diseases. They've gone through horrible suffering, but they had Jesus, and they made it through all the way, and they had no regrets. God wants us to have that same feeling because it promises here that no grave trouble will overtake the righteous. And I, when it, you know what that Hebrew word gray, uh, no means? It means no. <laughs> it means the same thing in English. It, it means the truth that God's going to protect you and he's going to take care of you. So the heart of fools, however, proclaim foolishness. That's all they can do. They can proclaim foolishness left and right. All right, we'll move on to chapter 13, verse 2 and 3. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. So once again, there's something about us speaking well. We get nourishment from our words that leave our bodies. Verse 3, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. Put a guard on your mouth. Put a guard on what you're saying. Put a guard on it because we all need to think first. You know, in in, uh, carpentry, they tell me that you measure twice and cut once. Isn't that about right? But uh, what happens if you measure once and cut? You'll cut a lot more because you probably messed up on your measurement. Same way with your words. Think twice before you speak. Uh, Think what it's going to be said before you say it. If you can put that little governor and restrictor plate on your words, I believe it it will help you immensely and protect you. If you guard your mouth, you'll preserve your life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Their words will come back to haunt them. How true, how true. And I will tell you this. In a later book, in the book of James, he said, we've tamed every creature under the sun, but we can't tame the tongue. So I want to tell you that this is a superhuman effort to try to control this thing called the tongue. But God will help you. He will help you. He's not going to leave you at the mercy of this very untamable beast called your tongue. All right, let's keep going here in verse uh, chapter 15, verse number two. We're, we're moving right along. The manual says, the tongue of the wise, this is verse two of chapter 15, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. So a wise person, he's going to say the right thing. But a foolish person is just going to say something because they think they got to say something for no real purpose. 
Verse 7 of chapter 15, the lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the fool does not do so. So we ought to be telling knowledge to people, not suspicions and not just uh, speculations and not lies. We should absolutely say what we know is true and right. Verse 23 of chapter 15, which is really a kind of amazing verse, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Uh, that's, that's really what I want God to bless you with. I want every person in this room to make a good statement this week to somebody. So good. Now pray that God will give you wisdom to say it because I'm truthfully, the best things I say are things I had no idea how I even knew this because I didn't. But if you trust God, he'll give you words to say that are so good, it'll bring joy to your heart. Because you and I know we can bring grief very easily with the words that we say. So I don't want that. I want us to have words that bring joy in our hearts and how good it is to have a word spoken in due season. Don't say, I told you so. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I call due season. We need to say words and that are going to be appropriate at the right time. Chapter 18, and we just got uh, this one and another one left. Chapter 18, verse 20. Now, this relates to some other things that we said, but I, I, I thought that I'd, I'd wait to this moment to talk about the specifics of this and the anatomy and the biology of this. There's actually physical repercussions here. So verse number 20 of chapter 18. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Now, that is a very amazing verse because he's actually saying that if the opposite of this is, if you are saying things that are lies or hurtful or bitter words and poisonous words and they go out, it actually hurts your stomach, your gut, and you actually end up in bad health because of the words you say. And I can tell you for a fact that when I've said things that I've regretted, where do I hurt the most? Right inside my stomach. I actually get torn up and my stomach's in knots because of the words that have been the fruit of my lips. Now, if the fruit of my lips can cause me damage in my stomach and in my health, because I don't feel well when I am worried, do you? How many of you just love going into a meal and it could be the best meal in the world and suddenly somebody tells you something and, he, and, and it just like deflates you because you have just said something that you shouldn't have said and you got in trouble. Do you just love that? Do you enjoy that meal? No, you don't because you're hurt. And so the Bible here tells us that if we have godly fruit leaving our mouth, our stomach actually will be satisfied. We'll enjoy our food better. We'll actually physically be better off and we will be satisfied with our food. Isn't that great? And, and I will tell you why. It doesn't really matter what the food is. If you've got the steak dinner, but you're worried, you're not going to enjoy it. But if you've got pinto beans and cornbread and you uh, uh, are happy and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it'll be very satisfying when you're hungry. I promise you, it doesn't matter what the meal is. You'll be satisfied with your food if your words are wise. And then lastly, chapter 25 so verse 11, and again, I'm just scratching the surface on this manual, but it's a long manual, and 
We only have so much time today, but God's good. The last verse we're going to look at is this. Chapter 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I enjoy, I'm like everybody else, I enjoy beautiful things. I think it's wonderful to go shopping or really just looking at things because it's not that I want to buy everything in the store or I can, but that it's neat to see fine craftsmanship. It's, it's great to see the, the beautiful adornments that men have crafted. Well, the Bible says that if we say a word and it's appropriate and it's the right word to say, it's like a fine craftsmanship that should be celebrated as a wonderful work of art. And God wants us to be people who are artisans of good words. Try to make a practice of using good language. You gotta learn to do that, by the way. It isn't something that's natural, it takes time. It's a skill. You learn to speak and you learn to speak well. And God wants us all to learn this lesson. This is a, a message today that is part of the instruction manual by the great engineer of all creation, God himself. We don't read it enough, and we don't practice it enough, I guarantee you. But I really want us to listen to what God says. There was one man who absolutely followed this manual 100%. Who was he? Well, of course, he was Jesus. <laughs> he did it. He did not say one thing bad. He got frustrated. That's not a sin. It's not a sin to be frustrated. He got mad. It's not a sin to be mad. He was a man who lived like we do, but he always said, the right thing. <clears throat> Always. Everything he said. And we ought to imitate him. He died on a cross for us. He didn't deserve it. He died because a bunch of people lied about him. But he was in charge all the time. He knew what they were doing. And he did it because he knew that by his death, he would cancel out all our sins. And that his life would promise us life as well. And we have hope through Jesus Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the words fitly spoken by Solomon in the book of Proverbs. These words are teaching us how to live. Forgive us, Lord, because we've all failed. We don't operate according to the manual. We're not all doing what's right, and we've suffered for it. And Lord, I want you to forgive us for it and help us so that we would have wise words and that we show proper discretion, and that we learn the benefits that happen when we are saying the right things. Lord, bless us to, in our hearts and in our land. Help our politicians to learn to speak wise words and godly words. And with the foolishness of these fools who spew out hate and violence all the time, would you expose these people to the, the very things your word speaks to? in this scripture. And help us, Lord, to live in such a way that we are going to say the things that are acceptable to you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and we'll sing this in hymn of invitation together. And I think it's hymn 307. And uh, I'll pick a verse to sing. 307 is what we'll be singing today. Let's try singing starting